0: Welcome to the Bell & Gossip Podcast, live from the 2020 AHR Expo. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, joined by Griffin Goda, and throughout the show, we'll have some fantastic guests and topics to share with you in this series, including several of our manufacturers, reps, and xylem experts. You'll get insights into the trends we are seeing in the HVAC and plumbing industry. Enjoy the show. All right, we have Kevin McGee now this afternoon. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Do you want to just give us a little bit of overview about what you do for Xylem, please?
1: Yes, I am the director of OEM sales, so I manage a group of six people. We call on the OEMs directly, and for those, um, OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturers.
0: So let's just start off with a question around um, how we're partnering with the OEM channel. So what can you just describe how B&G is partnering with OEMs?
1: Alagost is partnering with our OEM channels with our broad product offering to provide them a cost savings and the way we do that is through, they can now do vendor reductions, meaning we can supply heat exchangers, uh, key accessories like suction diffusers, balancing valves, low water cutoffs, centrifugal pumps, multi-stage pumps. We're one of the few companies that can do that. a lot of our competitors can only supply pieces of that so a OEM has to buy from three, four, five people they can come to us we can offer them a package solution and it cuts down their need for the other three to four vendors
0: yeah and i'm sure expertise goes hand in hand with sort of that one stop shop style yes. right um, so
1: we've got all the expertise in each of those divisions our heat transfer division our pump division our accessories, uh, like the balancing valves. We've got key product managers who have been there, some probably our combined experience, two, 300 years of expertise in those areas.
0: Okay, and can you talk to us a little bit about the OEM market in general for commercial buildings?
1: Yeah, so what we do is we put Bell & Gossip products into HVAC equipment. So we sell to the boiler manufacturers and the air conditioning manufacturers. They put our product into their equipment and our OEM boiler and chiller manufacturers, customers put those products into commercial building services. So we are a piece of the puzzle. So we're all over the building. A lot of times you don't see us because we're inside a piece of equipment or you'll walk by and you'll see us because we are outside supplying water to to be heated or cooled, depending on the application.
0: Okay, and how's the show been going for you so far?
1: So far, so good. It was a very good good show today. And for us, for my team, being that our customers are all at the show displaying and having booths, we can see many customers in one day that it could take two weeks to go see those same customers customer by customer so Sure. it's yeah. very positive for my team uh, hence that's why we aren't in the booth working we're out working with our OEMs and getting them over to the booth to show them the new products like the dual arm and new things we're doing for their industry
0: fantastic yeah what are some of the biggest challenges that OEMs are facing nowadays yeah
1: right now the the changes with DOE and efficiencies that went into effect on January 27th. The, There's a minimum efficiency the pumps have to meet. So there, we have we as Xylem Bell and Gossett have worked very hard over the last couple of years to make sure we were ready. There's sure. one or two manufacturers that had to stop making one of their ancillary product lines. We have an OEM that buys some of their pumps from China. They're not going to be able to do that anymore. So, you know, that's a real strain on what they've been doing in the past as normal. Also, the decarbonization that is gaining momentum or trying to gain momentum in the industry. And then, right now, the job market is so good that skilled labor is staying where they're staying with the company that they've been with forever, or we're not getting enough skilled labor graduating quick enough and getting to fill that marketplace. So sometimes they want to build a new commercial building, and they just don't have the labor pool to get it going, so some of the projects get delayed. And it's a great problem to have as a country, but you know, it, it does present a problem to the, those manufacturers.
2: Mm-hmm. How long is that process of communicating that, is it, is it years? Have you been doing that for years, like communicating that this change is coming and here's what's in store? Um,
1: it's, it's about as hard to predict as the economy. Sure. We, you know, as the economy picked up, the job market was still pretty high, well, pardon me, the unemployment rate was still pretty high, but it closed pretty quick. And, you know, that's not something we try to keep line of sight on. We're looking at the number of RFQs out there for the number of buildings. Um, and it's all industries, not commercial building services. You're reading about companies that are having trouble finding uh, highly skilled, like um, grad- college graduates that are getting yanked up so yeah, fast. that's a big issue. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you're, to be honest, you kinda, those A and B players, that you want to hire are scooped up so quick, you're kind of down to the either not having somebody or just not being able to find somebody who can fill the position correctly. So, hmm. but yeah, the line of sight to that's been a little tough. Sure,
2: <laughs> sure.
0: You mentioned this um, decarbonization earlier. and yeah. I just want to, I mean, I've been hearing this, this term used a lot in the commercial yeah. buildings industry. Um, can you talk about for our listeners what that means in relation to commercial buildings and particularly the OEM business? Yeah,
1: so decarbonization is when cities and states move to an only electricity for their boilers, meaning no more natural gas, no more coal-fired boilers, no more what I call ungreen energy. So you know or any other fossil fuels they're getting rid of these types of fuels to make their city greener cleaner Um, there's currently a couple cities one in New York and a couple in Washington State that are trying to enact laws that all new construction must be electric style boilers
0: Okay. So what is the impact on that, um, or what impact is that yeah. having on OEM? There are
1: several manuf- Well, the impact to some of our manufacturers is several of them don't have currently an electric option. They rely on natural gas boilers, and that's what they sell to the marketplace because they're very efficient. And when you get up in the northeast, they're much needed over your heat pump style, which typically in that marketplace has a hard time keeping up. Um, The other place, it can also put a severe strain on the electrical grid, so if you were to enact in the state of Florida, every boiler has to be electric tomorrow, and they implement it at a point, you're maxing out the grid that they can supply, so now they've got to go to different power sources. Are they going to go to wind and solar? They may have to go to nuclear and coal. So well, that just negated your whole green theory of, we only want to use electricity, but to make that electricity, we got to have some dirty coal and a nuclear power plant that nobody wants to live near. So you ride a line of, at what point sure. can you really handle going full electrification versus uh, certain fossil fuels.
0: And what are some ways, I mean, what can we do to help? Like, how are we supporting the OEM?
1: In these issues. So, our lobbyists like Mark Hansel are working in DC along with their lobbyists to educate senators and representatives on the possible negatives of this move nationally. So, these people are fully educated on the positives and the minuses. They hear all the positives of clean energy, clean energy, but a lot of times nobody ever explains the negatives of. What can happen if you don't think ahead and you get in that spot where you've mandated electricity and now you're building a coal fired plant or a nuclear plant down the street from a neighborhood?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and you like you said in your example, yeah. if everything just turned tomorrow, yep. that would probably be a problem. But is there something to be said for like a gradual
1: process that you're still, in my opinion, yeah, you're yeah. still going to run into that? Because the grid, the electrical grid, can only handle so much without putting new new things in place to keep power going. And you know there are other options. You got solar. You got wind. You got trash energy, where they actually burn the refuse and it produces energy. There's an actual um, and they and they typically call that recycling because the trash is gone. It's not going into a landfill. The Trash to Energy plant in Chester, PA, actually powers all of uh, Atlantic City. So there are alternative ways, but you're going to have to decide, you know, even gradually you're going to have to make a decision how to support that electricity. And, you know, you're telling people they can't have a gas boiler, but they want a gas stove and they want a gas heater or hot water heater, you know, is typically very difficult, and I've been costly to run electricity in a very cold environment like Maine or up in the Northeast. So, you know, even if, to answer your question again, even gradually, I think they're going to run into issues of, wow, this is too much power. You've got right. to do something different.
0: On our show, In the Field with Goulds Water Technology, the latest series covers tips and trainings for small business owners. Listen to all five episodes of the Small Business Toolbox series wherever you get your podcasts. This is an interesting question for me I'm really excited to hear your response on this. So, how do our manufacturer's reps, you know, support, like, factor into the OEM business?
1: Yes. Um, They are very key. So. It's my team's job to get the product and work with our AMs to get the product in there. So once the product's in the field, our B&G manufacturers are the one who supports the field service down the road, aftermarket sales down the road, and most of our B&G reps are partnered with one of the boiler manufacturers or chiller manufacturers at AHRI, and so they're out there selling the boiler and the chiller, and they want a Belangasa pump inside, so they're doing the field service for both. So they are very key um, because it's a direct sales team. I don't have service people running around the United States turning wrenches or selling aftermarket. I'm just selling to the OEM, so it's definitely a key approach to how we as Belangasa as the whole go right. to the marketplace. Yeah.
2: yeah, they're your boots on the ground. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: So what's coming up for OEMs? Uh, the OEM side of the business, I should say. Yeah. Trends, technologies. Yeah.
1: So OEMs are looking for risk reduction, reduction in downtime, in value creation, and they're also looking to obtain digital information about components in their product. They want to know a month before a pump might fail, it's gonna fail. They don't wanna know the day of, the middle of winter in Minnesota, (laughs) that the pump fails and somebody doesn't have heat. So we're trying to work with them on monitoring devices. We're trying to partner with our census division on different monitoring devices to just alert them. They don't need to know everything about the pump. Like every day, how's your pump doing? They just want an alert one month from now, you need to change this pump out. So, you know, they're looking for smarter ways to do things to respond quicker and reduce downtime. So,
2: how long have you been in the industry?
1: Um, the HVAC industry, five years. Okay. The pump industry, <laughs> about 30 years.
2: Ah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, it's kind of a through line. For today is yeah. a lot of people have been in this industry for a long time yep so I guess two questions what keeps you in it what is interesting that keeps you in it and then what what kind of advice or something that has stuck with you over your career that you yeah. feel like you would tell yourself when you started or you yeah. would tell somebody else
1: the thing that keeps me in it and you know I, I like selling equipment you can put your hands on and you can see it and adds value to a customer. I'm not one that can sell um, time on a radio station, airtime, or um, Verizon, like airtime with Verizon. I, 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 I like to sell equipment and the engineering background, I like the technical sales. And, you know, really it's solving customers' problems. I enjoy the problem solving. And I stepped out of the pump industry for about 10 years and actually managed a sales team that sold refuse equipment, so the actual oh. garbage trucks. And again, it was industrial sales. I'm delivering a piece of equipment. We're there to provide parts and service after the fact. We're there to provide, be their solutions provider. So, yeah. you know, when I look back, I wouldn't change the path. I When I graduated college, giving advice to somebody younger. I was a little nervous because I figured the stereotypical engineer had a pocket protector and sat behind their desks. Uh I found out there's application engineers and there's product engineers. And there's all other types, but I fell into a job where application engineers, and that leads into sales, and you're interacting with the customers, I just stayed along that track. And I'm like, thank goodness I got hired over here because I really, like the interaction with the customer, and, you know, being at Zion the last five years, we have such a breadth of product that we can be the full solutions provider, and at the same time, we are giving back through Watermark, so it's a great company. We're there to solve water, help people get water with communities, with all the products we have, between UV and census, and then and at the same time, with our hours, with our time personally, we get back to the community. We partner with Manchester United. We partner. We're, we're partnering with the Water Boys to do an event uh, upcoming this week. I'm actually flying back. I've got a 5:15 flight on wednesday morning so i'm back by nine oh, o'clock to participate in the event
0: we leave we we'll see leave, you there. yeah <laughs> we have tuesday night for okay that.
1: so you're doing tuesday yeah, night. yeah I, be i've got a dinner to go to
0: okay
1: um so
0: yeah no that's we're real excited yeah. for
1: that yeah so I'm, I'm very excited about and yeah that's what's exciting this industry you know it's very industrial it's very except for the like monitoring of the pumps
0: sure.
1: pumps have not changed in hundreds of years a centrifugal pump moves water the basic design principles apply you know the materials have changed cost reductions through using non-metallics have changed but overall pumps have been the same so it's how we as xylem help our customers. One of my inside guys, that's what he calls himself, his title on his, it doesn't say application engineer; it says solutions provider. Because when they call, they just don't want, yeah, here's your pump. Well, you know what, this pump isn't going to be, you want to do this, hey, we have this other offer, you want to look into this. So we want to educate our customers on things that are upcoming, not be there to say, oh, by the way, you can't use this pump anymore, you're stuck using this, so, yeah.
0: We've been talking with people about just that. I mean, yeah. the breadth of product is really yeah. important, obviously, yes. especially the fact that we have all these DOE 2020 compliant products. Yep. However, if we also have the expertise that goes along with that, and that's just as important as, yes. as the actual product. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear you reinforce that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, and there's people that we're educating every day that don't know we have all this. I'm working with a company that does water parks. And they have a hotel's part of it, a water park's part of it. You know, they're looking for somebody to partner with. We went in with our Wedico, which is our UV, because they're looking at UV and ozone. They need pumps. They're looking at putting in a surf park, which is flight. So we were the only company that walked in there with a full solution, and they were just overwhelmed and they want to partner with us and you know there's not many companies that can do all that. So when it comes to water. You yeah. know, we're not in the oil like we're not yeah. manufacturing high end material, high C titanium pumps. We're you know, that's in a different industry for the water industry. We've got everything you need from monitoring to moving the water. Sure. Hmm.
0: Great. Well, really appreciate your time, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Hope you have a great rest of the show. And we'll see you in Virginia.
1: Yes.
2: Yes, we will. Thanks, Kevin.
0: The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe.